everyone, what the heck is up and welcome to the podcast. Welcome back if you are a returning listener. You are currently tuned into Practical Alignment, a podcast where we talk about all things metaphysical, mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I'm your host, Katrina Macias. I am an intuitive healer, a Simra practitioner, and a Qigong instructor, and I'm very grateful to be joining you today. In today's episode, I will be joined with Sarah Lemon, the creator of High Vibe Crystals, which is a shop based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You may remember Sarah from episode 20 when we spoke about working with crystals. Sarah and I have quickly formed a bond over our love for using crystals as a healing modality, but on top of that, our relationship was able to expand because we have always been able to very easily converse about the metaphysical world together, and we constantly shared our ideas and learnings with one another. So for today's episode, I thought that it would be a great idea to record some of our conversations and share them with you. Sarah is an incredible woman. She's a great friend of mine, and I'm so grateful because she helped create a beautiful space to open up and be vulnerable about her own path to awakening. So in this episode, we are going to cover the topics of addiction, the importance of asking for help, showing up and healing for generations of trauma, mimicking nature's unique qualities as a model for healing, and so much more. And I just want to warn you all before we start this interview that this episode was recorded in Sarah's crystal shop, and because my microphone is extremely sensitive, there is some background noise captured from the surrounding traffic. So please just bear that in mind. I know that you all will understand, and I thank you so much for that. So in our conversation with Sarah, I immediately begin by asking her to just paint a picture of how her life path has brought her to where she is today, and I will let her take it away from here. How did I get here? God, that's such a great question, because sometimes when you look back, it's like time just flies and everything happens so fast. Uh, But then at the same time, you can look and say like, Everything is just divine planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you can't see the greater picture, sometimes it's just like better than anything you could have ever expected or dreamed for yourself. And that's kind of where I feel right now. We're sitting in the middle of my shop, <laughs> my crystal shop, my little metaphysical shop, which I completely am so in love with. I put my soul into the shop and I, I think that people feel it and they respond to it and that's so gratifying. Um, but I would have never imagined that I would, would have a crystal shop. That was never my goal or my intention. I was, you know, a pretty wild and crazy kid. Would go out and party and do mushrooms under the moon <laughs> in the mountains with my friends. And um, I had a blast. I wasn't a huge fan of school. I ended up getting pregnant when I was 18. And so I didn't go to college. I ended up uh, joining the workforce, you know, working for like a mortgage company and being behind a cuticle and wearing like business attire and pantyhose. Those were (laughs) things still. But being proud that I could provide, Mm -hmm. you know, for my daughter as a single mom and um, had great uh, supportive mother, wonderful supportive mother who helped me in that and then one day just strangely um, a friend of mine invited me to to dinner and drinks at a bar here called geckos a lot of magical things happened at geckos that's where I also met my husband later but um, anyway having drinks with my friend she brought 
a teacher with her. He was teaching the film class at UNM, and I actually ended up like hitting it off with him as a friend and joining him in his film uh, class that he was giving. He let me come sit in. And then that developed into a friendship and I became his assistant, like working basically for free, but just getting into the film industry. And then I was strangely very good at, at the film industry world and embraced by that and became an assistant director and work in, you know, TV and features and traveled and made lots of money and loved it. It's chaotic, but I loved it. Um, but that kind of kicked off also there's like zero uh, self-care in that field. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no time for yourself. I mean, you're, you're gone for two months at a time, um, sometimes more, and you're working 14 or 16 or 18 hours a day. And so basically, there's no personal life, there's no family life, it's just that is your life. So that was, that totally engulfed me, but it, it you know, it allowed me to provide a lot for my family. And then in between jobs, I would just not work. I would just spend time with family and friends catching up, you know, just dive into relationships and loved ones and um, completely unplug and that was wonderful but that was my life and I thought okay we'll film this is what I'm this is what I'm meant to do mm -hmm. um, and this is what I will do like forever but again it's super hard on the body and there is no self-care at all in it um, but I didn't really worry about that too much you know it's just like it it uh, was worth it in so many other ways. Um, but one day I was working on a show and my mom was watching my daughter. I was on this film in Santa Fe and I hadn't been home in about two weeks and I went home to visit her and, uh, and my daughter and my mom was like super thin, like had lost like a crazy amount of weight in two weeks. I didn't understand what was going on. She looked like a skeleton. She looked terrible. And so we talked her into going to the doctor, which was not something that she wanted to do ever. Um, but she decided to go, and they told us that she had stage four pancreatic cancer and that she had three months to live, most. And so that turned my whole world upside down completely. I mean, she was my everything. Like, she was my best friend, she was my co creator co-parenter like everything like just my whole world um so I left that job like immediately <laughs> like they all understood they were like you've got to go um and the doctor said you know what do you want what does if there's something your mother wants to do a play a trip she wants to take whatever it is you guys need to do it now and so I asked my mom, I said, Mom, what do you, do you want to take a trip or do you, is there something you want to do? And she just said that she wanted to go to Santa Barbara. That's where she's born, that's where I was born, that's where her whole family is. So I said, okay, we're gonna, we'll go. So um, a couple weeks later we were packed up and, uh, and ready to go. It was going to be a road trip because she couldn't fly. And, um, 
and it typically that road trip would only take somebody like a day and a half two days max it took us three days because she couldn't um, sit in the car for that long like only like six hours at a time before she, her body would start to hurt so um, you know it it was the hardest thing I ever have had to do in my life was to sit one-on-one -on -one with my mom for three days knowing that she was dying um, but it was also the most gratifying thing like I've ever done because I got to fulfill my mom's wish and spend that time with her and use that time to my advantage to tell her you know how much I loved her and how much I was so grateful for her and that she could go that we would be okay that she didn't have to worry you know she didn't have to hold on so anyway we got to Santa Barbara and she literally deteriorated um, so much on just the road trip like just leaving her home and her family here in Albuquerque and getting in the car to drive to Santa Barbara it's like she knew that she could let go which taught me a lot about just the power of our own consciousness the power of our own mind you know how we do have the power to leave when we want to that we just have to let go and say that we're ready because she she basically did that I mean when I would talk to her on the road trip I would say or she would tell me because she used to love that movie Beaches I don't know if you've ever seen I've it with Bette Midler but Bette Midler uh, Bette Midler's friend in the movie her best friend has a daughter and ends up getting cancer and they go to the beach um, and have this like lovely time and she's taking care of her there and the daughter's there and, and this beach house you know and uh, she ends up passing there so my mom would be like this isn't going to be like beaches like I'm not gonna die there and I was like I know you're not gonna die there we're just going on a trip you know of course but I think deep down both of us knew that that was probably going to be the case so anyway we get there and she can't walk and she ends up passing there in Santa Barbara and that was super hard for me um, to lose my mom. And I also felt like I needed to stay strong um, for her. And the only way that I knew to do that was to take her pain pills. <laughs> I started taking her pain pills on the drive. Because I would literally be looking at her wanting to just fall apart completely. Wanting to just cry my eyes out. But I couldn't do that. How could I do that? That would make her feel terrible. I felt like I had to stay strong and had to to carry her, you know, mm -hmm. to the finish line, basically. Um, so anyway, that that um, that whole event turned my world upside down in that that was the beginning of my own dark night, my own transformation, my own spiritual awakening, and the catalyst to that was not only just my mom passing, but then my drug addiction that um, developed from that and after that. So yeah, that then led to not grieving, not dealing with all the emotions that were coming up mm -hmm. and just trying to stuff them all down with pain pills. And then one day just being like, what am I doing? Like, what? What life is this? Like, my mom would never want this. I don't want this. My kids don't want this. My husband doesn't want this. Who wants this? Yeah. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's, 
it's shameful. It's so hard on every level. I mean, it might start out as, oh, I feel great. Like, these pills make me feel happy again. I feel connected to everyone. I love everything. And then it slowly over time turns into, I'm pathetic. <laughs> this does this isn't fun. I'm a grouch. I'm sleepy. I'm exhausted, you know? I have nothing. And so that journey out of that dark night led to all the support of everything spiritual and then eventually to me finally feeling in a place where I am whole again enough to give back, enough to give support to others because that also is like the hardest part of recovery is like when am I whole again when can I actually apply this knowledge and this experience that I have without feeling like a fraud or without feeling like a phony mm -hmm. you know or without feeling like maybe I'm not ready you know it took a while it took a long time my mom's been gone for eight years now it took me um yeah, a long time to figure out when when was the right time. But there is an eventually a knowingness. Like it does come, you know? And it just happens completely organically and naturally. And now to be here, to be offering healing services, to be offering any kind of support to anyone who might be going through anything along that spectrum, you know, the loss of a loved one, addiction, feeling overwhelmed, feeling unworthy. This energy medicine is very real and, um, and I now know that it is part of a whole body system healing because it does take more than just one aspect to heal. Mother Nature provides herbs and plants and she also provides these crystals to give you like this whole one-two punch combo in healing. I think there's a huge misconception with what mes Western medicine and people using Western medicine, you know, to almost, it's like a band-aid effect, right? It can be really complementary, but oftentimes the way that it's used, it's a replacement for deep integrated healing. And from what you've been describing, the pain medicine addiction was a way to mask that yeah. um, while you were kind of going through a period of not wanting to actually feel your feelings. One of the biggest things that I teach in, I teach my clients, one of the biggest messages that I share is the importance of being able to feel your feelings and really look at the whole spectrum of the body, the spirit, the mind, and really integrate that all together. And I think that there's such a resistance for a lot of people to go that deep because of what you mentioned. There's so much feelings of unworthiness. There's so much shame. There's so much fear in general. Yeah and being able to look at that can seem really daunting. Yeah. So what was the moment for you where you decided, I'm more than this and I'm able to feel this pain and embrace it rather than continue to mask it? I remember my sisters coming to visit and just knowing that something was very off with me, you know? And um, their perception of me and my life was enough additional shame that was the driving factor for me to be like I'm so done with this like I'm so completely done with this like I can't even connect with the family that I do have left mm. you know there's no like how how can I continue I'm just gonna continue to lose you know and financially like I was 
get it was like it was all gonna blow up it was all about to self-destruct like mm. within 10 minutes you know so I literally had to just make the call and it was like like I had to just confess I had to just come out and say I'm a drug addict <laughs> and I need help and I can't do it by myself and I need you guys to support me and I got a lot of support and that's the amazing thing that I think that so many of us don't realize or we are too afraid to test like can I say this can I really tell somebody this and they're still gonna love me mm. you know like will they really still be there or are they gonna judge me and it's so crazy because how would you react to somebody who told you that? Would you really judge them? No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But yet we we perceive that, we we project that onto other people. And it's our own fear. It's exactly. our own fear. And so once I did finally say it out loud, it was like a giant weight had lifted, like mm -hmm. completely. And then once you say something out loud to the universe, it's like it lifts up the whole Rubik's Cube and just does, it switches everything around and sets it back down so that everything you need is there now. It aligns everything for you. So it was like, as know, soon as you expressed as that. As soon as I expressed it, it was mm -hmm. like, here's how the kids are going to get taken care of. Here's how work's going to get taken care of. Here's how you're going to go to rehab. This is where you're going to go, and it's going to be the perfect place for you. Exactly. And then, like, here's the next job that's going to come right after rehab. And it's going to, like, be the perfect job so that you can spend some time alone. Because it was. It, so I ended up going to the perfect rehab for one week. That's how ready I was. Like... I didn't need to go for 30 days. I commend people who do. I actually, like, I would have stayed longer because it was just so valuable. Like, not only, and of course, detoxing, but just all the holistic and metaphysical um, programs and information that I was getting while I was there. All the therapies, you know? Like, it wasn't just about my mom. I mean, it was, but it was also about, like, that little girl who like had all these other little traumas happen to her that never dealt, that were never dealt with, mm -hmm. you know? It was everything. And I just got to, it completely strips you like of everything. You're just so vulnerable yeah. in that state. You know, it's like you're a child again. But then you're filling yourself back up with all the like light and the health and the love that you needed in order to be a whole person, you yeah. know? I wasn't like this fragmented person anymore. I mean, I still had a ton of work to do. Yeah. But I had a foundation that was like solid. That was like, okay, here's where I'm going to go now. And it was all spiritual based. And it wasn't like that was new to me because I grew up in the church, uh, the Christian church. And my parents would go every Sunday. My stepdad was like the youth group leader. I was heavily involved in my youth group. We would like go on missions to like Mexico, repair church roofs and all this stuff. And I loved that. I just loved my community of friends in there. But I didn't ever understand the teaching. Like that never resonated with me. I had like this kid Bible that basically would give you like a summary of every chapter in it. Um, and I would go to like the summary of every chapter and it would be like God destroyed this city because of this or God you know, destroyed this town or these people or it was so much destruction and so much judgment. And I just was like, what God? Wh whose God is this? Like, I can't imagine that a God would really ever 
be so angry with his own creation. Like, it just didn't, I just didn't understand it. And um, uh, coming here to Albuquerque, I met my stepfather's side of the family, and they were all very Hindu. They had grown up in the temple, and uh, they gave me a Bhagavad Gita, and they gave me, like, Autobiography of a Yogi and the Ramayana, and those books, like, changed my life. I mean, it was like, wait, yes, this makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Reincarnation makes sense to me. Learning um, different lessons every lifetime and, like, kind of ascending up into, you know, this, like, ladder of um, consciousness makes sense to me, you know? And so I was very deeply uh, spiritual then, you know, even when I was that kid taking mushrooms in the mountains under the moon, I was still controlling the clouds, like I was very connected, mm -hmm. but you know, you grow up in the way that society wants you to, or our culture tells you to, and so that was all lost, like I had completely forgotten all about that, so coming back to that, in that, in those therapies, it it was like a reawakening. It was like, like going home. It was like, yes, oh my God, yeah, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing here. I completely forgot all about this. Like, how did I forget? And it was just this rapid transformation, you know? It was me, it, it, it not only sparked something, it just like completely ignited this giant bonfire inside me because I was going out finding everything I could I was reading is I had a stack of books by my bed like just dove right in you know I was listening to podcasts if I was driving and I couldn't read I was listening to that or I was watching this episode you know I was just chasing this information like trying to basically make up for lost time to catch up you know but that's where it it all stemmed from it really was shame that was my biggest catalyst for change. And it's a hard emotion to face and to look at in the mirror. Shame's the lowest vibration. It is a mother. <laughs> but it is so motivating, let me tell you. So you shared with me that you have had generations of this pattern show up in your family of addiction. Right. So I, I've had confirmation now through various like healers and shamans that breaking this lineage this uh, dysfunctional cycle is something that I came to do like mm -hmm. something that I had to do it's one of my purposes for being here in this lifetime now mm -hmm. and when my mom it's interesting when my mom passed like as close as I was to her I just learned so much more about her in her passing like I don't know if I was just looking at her from a different point of view or if I was truly able to kind of embody her experience for a bit but I, I understood so much more that I didn't understand about her uh, while she was alive the big question was why did you choose alcohol over us because my mom uh, you know grew up in the 70s and she was a heroin user then and contracted hepatitis C, which like kills the liver. And there are um, treatments out there for it. People have completely gotten rid of it. And she never went to do that. Like she never sought that out. I never really understood why, you know? 
and then to choose to be an alcoholic on top of that where you're just killing your liver even faster it's like why didn't you stop and also why were you in this relationship where you weren't happy like you weren't truly happy so I really started to dissect like what who, what person lives in this experience you know and I realized that it is a person that grew up in their own dysfunction and doesn't know any other way of living other than to have a certain amount of dysfunction in their life in order to feel normal. Mm -hmm. I started looking at my grandmother, my mother's mother, and she too was an alcoholic. She was wildly promiscuous. Um, I remember my mom telling me a story about her like locking her in her bedroom, like putting a chair in front of the door while she had like some gentleman in the house, Aww. you know? Um, and I started to look at my grandmother. Well, why would my grandmother be that way? How could she be so racist? And how could she hate her own kids? Hate's a strong word, but just dislike. Mm -hmm. um, and then I looked at her mother, and her mother was just like this really wicked woman. So cruel and an alcoholic. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, you recognize the patterns and you just go, enough is enough already ladies like let's quit this shit i've got kids to raise i've got women to raise and i don't i would never treat them like that and i would always choose them you know so i had to get my myself clean i had to do the work in order to break those but it runs deep and i think that we all carry it might not be alcoholism it might be some trauma you know from some event in history that their your ancestors were a part of, mm -hmm. you know, but it's something to look at and to consider. I think a lot of people don't realize, like, you know, what they're bringing into this life energetically. But it, it is, uh, it is powerful, and it definitely can have an effect and a hold over the way that you deal in this lifetime. One hundred percent. I think that a big misconception that people have about parents is that they are healed by the time that they have kids and what happens is we and a lot of us put blame on our parents and we don't understand that they're going through their own stuff too right. we're always learning throughout our entire lives and having a child doesn't change the fact that you are still learning yourself right. yes. and so we do pass on those those patterns um, trauma is passed down through behaviors it's through thought forms it's the way that we teach other people we Oftentimes, parents teach their children through unconscious behaviors, and they don't even know it. And so instead of putting a blame on that and just being a victim to your circumstances and deciding, well, that's what I was given, those, the cards, those are the cards that were dealt to me, being able to recognize I am not these patterns, I am more than these patterns, and not turn into hatred for looking at your circumstances, but instead looking for how you can learn from them exactly what you did you recognize those patterns that your mother had your grandmother had and her mother had and decided this ends here yeah and the power of that exactly what you said you were put on this earth to end that cycle to yeah. not pass it on to your daughters is healing generations of trauma yes you being able to look at that and just erase that pattern is healing humanity and everyone that comes down from your lineage which is an incredibly difficult and powerful task to complete. 
Right. So I commend you for that. Thanks. I know that, you know, looking back, it's like my mo my mother played that role. I mean, my mother did it too. My mother was part of healing this this lineage too. It wasn't just me. Exactly. Like she came in and showed up in this way in order for me to like have this realization. Yes, right? absolutely. Even yeah. if they look like the bad guy, you can question, <laughs> huh, what actually was going on here that awakened something in me to change the pattern? Yes, and I 100% agree with the fact that any any healing that we do on ourselves, on our lineage, um, no matter how big or small, absolutely ripples out into the field mm -hmm. of, of this planet and has an effect on everyone in some way. You know, we all affect each other. We're all co-creating this experience together and our healing, my healing is your healing and absolutely. somebody else's healing too. So I think that's incredibly beautiful to think of you know, that in this time, especially now, this is such a strange time. And I still question, like, why am I here during this weird time? Everyone's wearing face masks. I don't get it. But um, I think there is a lot of awakenings happening right now, too. Definitely. You know? Even with my own family patterns, I'm learning more of um, why I behave in certain ways and connect that to my parents. And it keeps on growing. You keep on learning. There's no end point of discovery. And there's no finish line for life yes. it's always going on yes I still have much more healing to do I'm not done by any means I'm I'm growing and learning all the time just like everyone else you know um, I just have a better understanding now of various suffering <laughs> dark nights you know uh, fragmented beings and a better understanding of healing in a sense because it's so strange like there could be a modality or um, a service or a technique that heals one person but doesn't heal the other person and you just go like why why does acupuncture work for this person doesn't work for this person or why does hydrotherapy work for this? why does crystals work for this person doesn't work you know everyone has their own thing and it really there is no like perfect formula to that it mm -hmm. really is just like it ha it almost has to be just a recipe of like something that you believe in even just a little bit something that you you have that holds value to you like you have to kind of put a certain amount of effort in you have to have an energetic exchange whether that's money money that you feel like this is the right amount it's not too little it's not too much it sounds seems like the right amount uh, in order for my healing to happen and again something that you believe in and that really that's it, it uh, the healing starts to happen it's it's all within you you know but you have to see those elements outside in order to to turn on the switch that that placebo switch inside that's like this is going to work this time this is going to work like I believe in this and then your body starts to do it it's not even really so much the thing whatever it was you know uh, in a sense the power to heal ourselves. I think you make such a good point in being a part of your own healing process and having to make that choice that, you know, you are going to receive some benefit from something. I think a lot of the time people visit healers or tarot readers or acupuncturists or dietitians, therapists, 
um, intuitive healers, things like that, and they expect the work to be done for them. But what they don't realize is that all a healer does is awaken your inner healer. And everyone has that inner healer, but you have to be able to step up and hold yourself accountable to that. And I really like the point that you make about the energetic exchange because it's so true. You have to form some type of bond or create some type of exchange in order to show up for yourself and tell the universe like, hello, yes, I'm ready for this. Whether that be money, whether that be investing your time in researching different things that work for you, or whether that be, you know, just spending moments with yourself and truly being able to, you know, take some effort in integrating your processes, but you are 100% right. Like, it is a choice. Why do you think crystals are a modality that really resonates with you? How did this come into your own healing process? So, as a child, I always loved rocks. Like, I had the giant rock collection, like I was that kid, I had the rock, the mineral book, and I would go out into the street and, uh, like chip them out of the asphalt, I would be like, oh, this is tiger's eye, or this is jade. It probably wasn't either of those <laughs> things, but I just thought, I just thought it was. Uh, and I love that. And I always, like, was super connected with nature. And in throughout my, like, so throughout my healing process, in searching for all these different ways to get my whole system back on track, it was like I was looking for you know, superfoods and cleanses, like how can I repair my physical body as fast as possible? Um, and then it was also feeding my soul, like spiritually, because when you have an addiction, no matter what it is, when you take it out of the equation, you have to replace it with something positive. You have to find some other hobby, something that brings you joy, that is healthy mm -hmm. for you. When I took that out, I knew that I was uh, broken, in a sense, like on every level. And so it was like trying to heal the physical body, trying to heal the brain so that my brain could function properly, so that I could like think clearly again, you know, so that I could um, be more emotionally stable. And then in my search for even just foods, then it was like them, uh, all this spirituality, all this content on just meditation and yoga and even conspiracy theories, but just bigger concepts of like why we're here and past lives and everything. I was like consuming everything and crystals came back into the mix through that, through just digging through all this content. And, and as soon as I saw crystals, it was like, oh yeah, like again, just that re-remembering from when I was a kid. And I think that there's something about what you loved doing as a kid, like in that age range of like five to eight, like there's some golden key in there as to what, what brings you joy as an adult. Like whether it was making jewelry or painting or like jumping around in the river, like whatever it is, it's just like, that's like something that never leaves you. It will always bring you joy, like in your deepest heart of hearts. So I was like, yes, crystal. So I, I remember going to get just a clear quartz crystal. For whatever reason, I slept with it under my pillow. And I had like the best sleep. Like I just slept so good. And I remember that I 
that crystal helped me remember my dreams. That was a huge thing. I had lost, like, being able to recall my dreams because drugs just completely mess with your whole sleeping patterns and everything. And you're going to bed, like, unnaturally, like, you know, with unnatural substances. So sleeping just completely naturally was, um, was hard to get back into that natural rhythm. And crystals completely helped me remember my dreams. And I was just like, wow, that is so weird. What is that about crystals that helped me? I was like, it's got to be something like energetically in the field. Like it's able to ground this information long enough for me to grasp it and like write it down. So I started to research them more and started to understand that they are energy medicine. You know, that they all carry their own energetic vibration and all of this, and they all carry their own healing potentials, you know, in every different aspect. And all of this started to really resonate with me because I was feeling like my whole energetic field had holes and dark spots. And it was like, if I brought this clear quartz in, like, I just felt more stable. Like, I can't tell you why. This was before I researched it, you know? Mm -hmm. I just did. Or, like, if I slept with, like, this lapis, like, I would just fall into the deepest sleep and I would have the craziest dreams and I would remember them, you know? And I just started to feel whole, more whole, as I'm gathering all these different stones. Um, and then I started to find different, like, crystal shamans or people with vast knowledge of crystals who would talk about all of their different healing potentials and what color corresponds to the chakra and all of this. And I love all of that information. But what I really gathered, like from my own experience, was that Mother Nature holds the key to healing. Like a major key. Because you go out into nature and it's like the frog's not suffering. Like the frog's not jealous of the bird. He doesn't want to be him or he's not like <laughs> grieving over you know like there's no it's all completely balanced secure stable harmonious right so it's like if i could describe what do i see okay well i see beauty i see abundance and i see self-correction and so like that whole self-correction was like it was like the whole light bulb went off. I was like, oh my God, that's it. Like nature self-corrects. So like if I just spend time in nature, like automatically my field's going to start self-correcting because I'm already in that frequency. But can we all spend time in nature all the time? No, some of us aren't even close to it. Like not even close enough to like really go do it. Um, so I, I see these crystals as allies like gifts from mother nature and it's not just the crystals because it's her plant medicine too but again it's like that one-two punch it's like she brings in like the whole body healing and it's like here this is going to heal you on the physical and then here here's that energetic medicine that's going to like you know clean and fix your aura your energetic body your emotional body spirit and it's all going to connect
So healing isn't just a linear path. There's lots of things. We keep talking about it. It's incorporating the whole system. Uh, what are the different aspects that have helped you or what do you teach in others that they should really analyze and look to incorporate in order to get that full experience? Yeah. Well, I'm still learning about healing, you know, and I'll continue to learn. It never ends. It never ends. But uh, what I have come to find through some of the more ancient practices like Ayurveda is that it's you have to heal on multiple aspects. It isn't just the one thing. Um, and those different aspects are the body, your behaviors, your social life, and your spiritual connection. And I didn't even realize that when I was going through my own process, I didn't know you know, that I had to fix, I had to do work in all of these aspects. I ju it just unfolded in that way for me. Um, like I said, it, it all ended up falling into place, like, perfectly. But now, when I look back, and I look at those four aspects, it's like my body. Yeah, I was searching for any way I could nourish my body. And, and heal all the damage that I had done. Like, that was fun. Socially, I dropped, like, all of my friends. Like, my whole circle. And just went into stillness. I just went into my own cave of healing, you know? I didn't really talk to anybody. I was too busy focusing on myself, focusing on my spiritual aspects, focusing on my own personal growth. And... I didn't feel ready to connect with anybody. Now, I'm, I love connecting with people, but I gotta say, those old friends, they're still not around because I'm not the, the same, same person. person. Exactly. I'm so completely different. And we all do this so many times throughout our lives. Like, even that 20-year-old Sarah who was having a blast and loved life and thought it was perfect, I didn't connect to you know, my 13-year-old self. Like, we just go through these giant phases where it's almost like a whole other lifetime within this lifetime. Um, I, I love those friends. Uh, I don't, I, and I wish them all well, but we just don't have anything in common anymore, mm -hmm. you know? So that completely shifted. Obviously, my spiritual connection just grew immensely. And then also your behaviors. That's the fourth aspect. I definitely saw my own patterns and my own unhealthy behaviors that I was unconsciously just kind of, you know, it's like we see it in our own society or like our mothers, like, you know, there's all those little teeny things that we just don't even recognize. But if we can sit with ourselves long enough to give ourselves that pause before we can react, then we have a chance. And then also, I just want to say like, to anyone who may be struggling with any kind of addiction, whether it's shopping or food. Or chaos, emotion, Cha or emo yes. addiction to chaos. Great, emotional addiction. It's part of your process. Like, don't judge yourself, you know? We all do it to a certain extent, but just know that I truly believe that you are exactly where you need to be and that everything is going to happen in its own divine timing. And I'm not giving you a permission slip to continue, but if you are aware of it, 
And if you are ready to move on, everything will work out. Like, you just have to ask for help. Again, you just have to put it out there and everything will fall into place as it should. And then, like me, you'll look at your life and look around and go, how did I get here? 10 years ago, I would have never thought that I would be in any type of holistic uh, healing. And I'm no healer, but if I could just be a support system to you on your path of healing, then I am forever grateful, you know, because that's all I can do right now. And um, that is my wish. That is my wish and my prayer every day when I open this shop is that these crystals will be claimed by their rightful owner and be used for their highest good and that I am just a vehicle for that to happen. I really admire you for stepping up into your mission to open up a pathway for healing in others. Yeah, thank you. It takes a lot of courage. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It was a pleasure to have you. Where can we find you? So uh, the name of the shop is High Vibe Crystals and our website is highvibescrystals.com, so plural. Everything's listed in the show notes. Nice. And then you can follow us on Instagram, too. Uh, and I'm sure Katrina will put our address in there, too. Yeah. We're at highvibescrystals underscore. But, um, yeah, and you can keep up with our events because that's what I'm most excited about. Not only did I want to be a shop and a place for people to come, you know, grab this energy medicine or grab this book or grab this deck that's going to help them along their own spiritual path, and towards their own awakening, but um, I wanted to create a community of people who are like-minded, because like me, you know, like I said, once I dropped the friends, it was like, okay, well, who's my tribe now? <laughs> Where are my people now? And I knew that they would come eventually if I just kept walking this path. Exactly. But, um, but I want to be a support system for others who are looking for others who are on their spiritual paths and their awakening, because you know, you have to be able to share these experiences with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're able to give uh, workshops, which was a dream of mine when I first opened this up, you know, to try to help people better understand how do I use crystals? What do I do with them? You know, what's a crystal grid? What are chakras? All of that. So we have workshops coming up too this month and uh, I'm very excited about it and you can find those on our website and also on our Instagram page. Perfect. Well, everything will be listed. Thank you so much for your time and I look forward to whenever you come back on this podcast. Woohoo! Me too. Thanks guys. Alright everyone, thank you so much for joining on this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed listening in on this conversation and I'm so grateful that Sarah was able to drop some of her incredible insight and lived experiences with all of us. She is such an example of the beauty that can come from following your own intuition and committing to your personal mission. So be sure to check out all of her links and be sure to check out mine as well. 
You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even book your free consultation with me to see if my healing modalities are aligned with you. Be sure to tap into your own intuition and see if we're a good fit. Also, be sure to join my newsletter to have magic sent straight to your inbox. I send out tarot and oracle readings, and you also receive a free guided meditation upon sign up. All right, everyone, that's all for this week. I hope that you have a wonderful, beautiful week ahead, and I will see you next time. Bye!